Oh yeah. What's up everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL Brian Song here. You know the drill, you're a host with the most BTZ. Nice, slow, and easy. This is episode 54. So much going on this week, not only in the world of tech. We're going to talk about Samsung stuff and how it relates to Apple. There's a whole bunch of stuff from the beginning of the week that dropped from our friend Ming-Chi Kuo. I'm going to start calling him him what he drops, like Kuo bombs. If you're a sports fan and you know about the Woj bombs, he just dropped a Kuo bomb. But also, the show's coming out on Friday. I just want to kind of give you a little quick update. It's a little later than normal because... I just landed a job. It's not. It doesn't take up all my time. I'll still be doing the podcast, so don't worry about that. I'll still be doing the YouTube channel, and thank you for all of you who continue to support me. But I'm the new host of a live streaming game show from your phone called Outside Your Bubble. It's a partnership between BuzzFeed and Facebook. And so if you want to check it out, it's facebook.com slash OYB. The difference, yeah, you're thinking HQ Trivia. It's totally different. It is a trivia game, I guess I should say, but we have two contestants from two different walks of life. Let's say Meat Eater versus Vegan, Dog Lover versus Cat Lover, Marvel versus DC, Online Dater versus In Real Life Dater. The questions on the show are related to those topics and to those people. You can win a bunch of money at the end, um, but I'm hosting. I'm having fun with it, and it's something that I do on Wednesdays and Thursdays. So, uh, But I will still continue to bring the same content, the same quality. It's not going to dilute that. That was one of the agreements that I made with them, quite honestly. But uh, I just want to tell you, like, check it out. It's fun. It's cool. And some, you know, some other stuff that I'm doing, I hope you enjoy it because it's been a blast. So enough about me. I really would love to hear from you guys and gals of your reactions to the news and the stories that came out from this week. Call in 833-888-ABXL. 833-888-2295. The show is all about yours because, look, the big stuff that happened is that Samsung Unpacked dropped this week. And I'm going to tell you right now, and we're going to kind of balance this with some perspective. This, in my opinion, will most likely be the best keynote of 2019. You're saying, what are you talking about? I'm just telling you, what what Samsung did makes me remember the days where Apple would drop something crazy, something that we may have heard of, something that we have never seen before, and they did it. Now, they they released a whole bunch of products, and I, I do want to talk about it because it's tech and it's fun, so I'm not going to preface that anymore. This is an Apple show. We have plenty of Apple news to go as well. The Samsung Fold. This is their foldable phone. It's 7.3-inch dynamic AMOLED screen. It folds in half. When it's folded in half, the front screen is a 4.6 screen. That does feel smaller, but it's just the form factor. It has multiple cameras on it, a 4,380 hour battery. It's running Android 9 Pi. But what I saw from that, yes, it is Gen 1. Yes, for those of you who are in the know that know the price point of this starting will be $1,980. We're talking about a $2,000 piece of tech. Looks, um, It'll be coming out sometime in April, potentially around April 26th, if I read correctly, May 3rd in the UK. This is a piece of hardware, at least right now, priced Gen 1, $2,000 that fits in your pocket. It folds. It's a foldable phone. Some of you are like, I don't need that. I don't want that. 
that design looks janky. There was a funny joke on Twitter someone po- sent to me that said, hey, uh, I'm just going to wait till Apple fixes it. <laughs> I thought that was funny. But this is how technology moves forward. You have a company that is willing to push it out there and we always we can make fun of different sides of the coin, whether you're Android or Apple, but I thought this was amazing and it was something worth getting excited for. I do not have the money to buy this thing. I hope to review it. Journalists at Samsung Unpacked event didn't get to review it. Um, one of the other cool things about this is Samsung will be working with Google specifically for development on this. It's it's something that they're calling app continuity. And what's interesting about that, right? This is because this screen technically, when opened, you'll have the ability to pretty much use three apps. So one that is on the left side that takes up, you know, a majority of the screen, but then two on the right hand side that kind of make up, you know, the vertical uh, distance, the vertical length of two apps is if you were doing split screen previously on something like on Android. So I watched that keynote and I was all I said to myself was, damn. Apple got beat to it. I said, damn, like there's another company that is doing something awesome, whether you want it or not, whether you can afford it or not, that is pushing technology forward. And Apple is an innovative company in their own right. I'm not here to crap on Apple, but I'm here to be very real about Samsung just came strong. It was the first product they announced the keynote too, which I actually like. Some people are saying, oh, they should have done it at the end. No, don't do it at the end. You come out strong, so you know what? 2019 is the year of Samsung. We are here to show you what we're bringing. I like that. I even have said on this podcast before that Samsung was going to blow us away with their stuff, and it just made me sad thinking about what is Apple going to show? Now, they also showed off their Galaxy S10 and S10+. Plus. I'm not going to get in all the details or all the crazy features, but what are the features that stand out to me that I don't think or will feel like Apple's really coming behind? They have... They have the S10 and the S10 Plus. It'll be a 6.1-inch screen versus a 6.4-inch screen. That's fine. But they will be HDR10 Plus screens. And if you know about me, the video file guy who continues to tout Dolby Vision, Dolby Atmos, 4K, HDR, HDR10 Plus is basically as close to Dolby Vision as can get. It uses dynamic metadata So as the picture changes, the HDR image enhances each scene or each shot specifically. That was kind of the bread and butter of Dolby Vision. So you get like the best looking image you can. The big difference, um, Dolby Vision is using 12-bit color. HDR 10 plus is 10-bit. Probably most of us, 99% of us won't be able to tell the difference. I don't even know if I could. I have to see them side by side. Samsung and their TVs have been using HDR10+. So that's technology in these screens. And we also know that Samsung does build the actual screens that go into Apple devices. So potentially HDR10+, could be in there. They have a triple lens camera. So they're beating them to the punch with that. With a really super cool ultra-wide lens. I think it was like 127 degree um, field of view. Basically what you see with your human eye. And it also could build some really killer panoramas. They have in the S10 and the S10 Plus the fingerprint scanner to unlock. You don't have to look at Face ID. You don't have to worry about if the sun light hitting or coming from behind is going to screw that up. It's a pure fingerprint sensor, fingerprint scanner unlock. It's an ultrasound, basically an ultrasound of your finger. 
The only negative they said is that it may not work well with thicker screen protectors, but otherwise it's on the money. Now we're going to have to test this out. I'm going to have to use it over the course of a month to see really which one is more reliable because this Samsung Galaxy S10 is so compelling. I'm going to I'm gonna use it for a couple of weeks, maybe a month, and just see what I like. There's reverse wireless charging on this phone. What does that mean? I can flip the S10 on the back, the back surface of the phone. I can drop accessories to charge in it. I can put their new Samsung Buds on. I can put their new Galaxy 10 Watch. I can put an iPhone that has the Qi charging standard on the back of a Galaxy S10 and charge it. The phone's coming out in May. Uh, sorry, phone's coming out on March 8th. The S10 and S10 Plus will be $899 and $999 priced, starting priced. They also teased the Galaxy S10 5G. And if you're rolling your eyes right now and being like, holy crap, how does Apple compete with this in 2019? I'm really curious to see how they compete with this. As a fan who's on the platform, as a fan who loves the ecosystem, as a fan who loves tech, this is undeniable what Samsung is doing. So the other third phone is the is the 5G version of the S10 coming in with a monstrous 6.7-inch screen. No expandable memory storage on this one. It adds a front and rear 3D depth camera. So it has quad cameras on the back of the Galaxy S10 5G flavor. We don't know when it'll come out. Sometime in April. There is no price yet. It'll easily be over $1,000. They will have, um, it'll be a 5G version. So we'll wait and see. I did forget to say about the foldable, the Samsung Fold. They're making an LTE version and a 5G version as well. They didn't talk about details of pricing or availability for the 5G version, but it will have, um, L- there will be an LTE version on launch. And I, like I said, $1,980. So the uh, they showed off the 10E, which is their budget phone to compete with the iPhone 10R. They had the Galaxy Active Watch Active, which is their own watch, which is now a pure touch interface. There's no longer the the di- the bezel dial around the front, which I actually thought was the most unique thing about that. Um, they also had their Samsung Buds, guys. And if you're going down this list, you're like, Apple's losing on all these right now. And yes, Apple will have their event sometime in September. We'll wait and see. The Samsung Buds, 30% smaller than the Icon X earbuds, which is a really big deal. Will fit in your ear a whole lot better. They're AKG tuned thanks to their Harman acquisition. They have Bixby, but you can change that to the Google Assistant. They have five hours of talk time, six hours of music playback. They're $130. $30 cheaper than the AirPods. They'll come out on March 8th. Apple's AirPods right now, two hours of talk time, five hours of music. So the Samsung Buds as of today with a, what, roughly six, seven-month lead, um, when they come out in March 8th, you have three more hours of talk time, one more hour of music. They're $30 cheaper, and they have the Google Assistant. And you can use only one in your ear if you want, much like the AirPods. Again, I'm just like, oh my gosh. So, you know, there was a tweet that was put out by Mark Gurman that kind of made me go like, mm. like you really nailed how a lot of us are feeling he wrote in using the new galaxy and this is specific to the galaxy phones samsung is beating apple to a triple camera lens by seven months 5g and a rear 3d cameras by one and a half years remember 5g is expected to come to the apple in 2020 i know a lot of us are okay with that that's fine we'll see how good it really comes down if the 5g is really stellar on these devices then everyone's going to be like oh my gosh but 
If it's still a work in progress and not so hot, then it won't matter. 5G and rear 3D cameras, one and a half years. And a screen design, one and a half by two and a half year lead when we're talking about the actual completely bezel-less design. They have a punch hole in the corner. There's no notch. Uh, look, Samsung's hardware is amazing as well. But because we got to balance this and we got to show love, look, their software is still feels clunkier. It's built off of their... They did modernize it with their uh, Samsung One UI, so it does feel cleaner, but I still love using iOS and all the hooks and all the ecosystem hooks. So it's that whole battle between hardware and software. But without a doubt, the hardware here is not only better than easily the current iPhones, but most likely the iPhones for 2019. I mean, I look at this... And we have the iPhone XS at $999 today. And it'll be that same price until September. The Samsung Galaxy S10 has an HDR plus 10 plus screen, a triple lens camera, a fingerprint scanner to unlock, reverse wireless charging that works with multiple accessories, and that display for $999. Now that sounds like a phone worth $999 to me. For those of you that are saying, hey, I thought this was the Apple Bits XL. It is, but you can't deny just when you do the tail of the tape. I'm hurting. I am hurting. One of my buddies cracked me up. He said, for the first time, I'm watching a Samsung Galaxy, a Samsung Unpacked keynote. And (laughs) because Apple is lagging and Samsung is innovating. And I don't think he was the only one. I had several people say, I'm watching Samsung Unpacked because I want to see new cool innovation. We haven't heard anything really that special about Apple's 2019 line, but this is where Apple's going to do it, and this is where they better do it in 2019. They better do it with software. Now, we're going to be jealous as hell of the Samsung Galaxy S10 hardware. Quite honestly, I'm going to roll. I'm going to try that S10 and roll deep with it and give it a real good chance. Because it's impressive. So, you know, I asked you guys and gals, I wanted to hear your thoughts. I really want to hear, because people that listen to this, not only are we tech fans, but really a lot of diehard Apple fans. Some of you share the same sentiment of me as, like, I'm really getting frustrated with, it feels like Apple is lacking from an innovation standpoint. It feels like we're behind. I mean, how do you feel now after what Samsung just did? Are you are you still okay? Are you like, you know what? I don't even care. Apple 2019, I'm good. Or are you on the other side and saying, you know what? Make Apple great again. Like we've been, I've been saying this for a while and people don't like it when I say that, but they need to step up their game from an innovation standpoint. Is software good enough for you for 2019 when it's really seems like they're going to be lacking significantly from a hardware side? I want to hear your honest thoughts. Try to keep it around a minute, a minute 30. I know this is a type of topic that you really want to expand your ideas. If it's a really good one, it's two minutes, that's fine. But all you have to do, call in 833-888-ABXL. That's 833-888-2295. If you want to send me a voice memo, because it's easier and it will most likely sound clearer, applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebitsshow with a Z, applebitsshow at gmail.com. All right, 
let's talk Apple now. Let's really talk about Apple and pretend that nothing happened <laughs> from Samsung. Oh my gosh, I just feel like, wow. Wow, like I feel like a bomb just hit us. I really do. All right, so the Ming-Chi Kuo, he's the analyst extraordinaire that has really built a great reputation of pretty, being pretty darn accurate with what his supply channel sources tell him. The biggest story from this week, so Monday happened with all this Quo bomb news, and then Samsung did their thing on Wednesday. But on Monday, as of Monday, the hottest news was Apple will be releasing, according to Ming-Chi Kuo, a new MacBook Pro with a 16-inch to 16.5-inch display with an all-new design in 2019. And I instantly was like, oh, damn, this is great because I was a fan of the 17-inch. Now, yes, it was specifically catered for pros, but I was a fan of the 17-inch because it was specifically catered to pros. I know I don't use my computer the same way that everyone does. We all use it differently. But the fact when they took away the 17-inch, it was because, yes, not as many people were buying it, but it existed for a specific type of group, which typically were the people that drove what made Apple exciting, the artists, the graphic designers, the programmers, the the pros. So Ming-Chi Kuo said in a research note that it will be coming. It would be the largest screen Apple has uh, brought out since the MacBook Pro that was 17-inch back in 2012. He doesn't give us any specifics other than that, So, but it set the world on fire. It's like, oh, 16-inch MacBook Pro coming, renders, people started putting out design ideas, Look, I, I have I have a video that I'm going to put out about how they can make this 16-inch MacBook Pro special, but they can start they can start by getting rid of the touch bar. I'm not even kidding. Show me love, show your user base that really uses these things. Get rid of the touch bar. You can still keep the little touch ID guy in the corner. I like that. Get rid of the touch bar. Make the keyboard feel like a keyboard again. It's so funny. My girlfriend, she she has an earlier MacBook Pro. She just jumped onto my MacBook Pro today just to, you know, uh, I think buy tickets on Southwest. And she's like, oh, I don't like how this keyboard feels. It's the first thing she said, right? And a lot of us just get used to how a keyboard feels. And I, I use it because I have to. I'm, It feels all right to me, but I still love how the earlier MacBook Pro keyboards feel. And that's what I want. So they could do that. And I have so many other things. I don't want to spoil the video, but the other thing is... Give us a FaceTime camera that's not 720p on a freaking laptop. And I get it, the components, how thin it has to be. But I don't want a 720p FaceTime camera on my laptop. It's 2019, son! Don't do that, okay? The other juicy nuggets from Ming-Chi Kuo as someone who wants a large screen to do big editing on Apple is also said to potentially be releasing a 31.6-inch 6K display with a mini LED-like backlight design in 2019. Obviously, a display that would complement not only the MacBook Pro, but the new Mac Pros that Apple is already committed to saying, we are doing a new Mac Pro. We will see it sometime in 2019. Apple themselves, Phil Schiller said, with regards to the Mac Pro, this is a, a little while back, 
He said, we're in the process of what we call completely rethinking the Mac Pro. We're working on it. We have a team working hard on it right now, and we want to architect it so we can keep it fresh with regular improvements, and we're committed to making it our highest-end, high-throughput desktop system designed for our demanding Pro customers. As part of doing a new Mac Pro, it is by definition a modular system. We will be doing a Pro display as well. So there you go, the 31.6-inch 6K display. Uh, Ming-Chi Kuo called, referred to it as a 6K by 3K display. So really, it could be emulating close to the dimensions of what we have on our phones today. I even wonder if it could rotate or swivel vertically for developers as well. That would be kind of interesting too. So that's out there in Ming-Chi Kuo's 2019 Apple report. Kuo also talks about the new iPhones. And this is where you kind of start getting sad when you hear what just happened from Samsung. In his report, he says there will be obviously a new 5.8-inch OLED uh, iPhone, a new 6.1-inch LCD iPhone, and obviously like the iPhone XS, which would be a 6.5-inch OLED phone. They uh, maybe upgraded to 4 gigs of RAM. Some of the new upgrades include ultra-wide band support for positioning and navigation, a frosted glass casing, which is very, honestly, very Google Pixel-ish, um, bilateral wireless charging for charging other devices. So that would be the, rever the reverse wireless charging feature that we saw from Samsung will be most likely coming to the new iPhones, an upgraded face ID camera, a little larger battery, and a triple camera feature. Also, the phones will still only be lightning. It does not look like they will be moving over to USB-C yet. We've heard a lot of those rumors, but this is Ming-Chi Kuo's report. I just, I just hear that, and I say, dang, that's not even remotely exciting compared to what Samsung just dropped, but they better bring some amazing software to the table. The ecosystem, just having AirDrop alone... I use that almost every time I go out with my family or friends. That might be the most, forget about blue bubbles, airdrop, and then syncing my notes because I make notes constantly are probably the two most important things from iOS that I use on a daily basis that are specific to the ecosystem. Because I don't, I really don't think Face ID is necessary. Apple can tout the security all they want, but I, I don't really think people think that that, that's not a priority of why they get an iPhone. Face ID is just there. A touchscreen fingerprint sensor, if it works just as well, if not better, that's already better. That's already better. In Ming-Chi Kuo's report, he also adds two new iPad Pro models will be coming, as well as a 10.2-inch iPad and an iPad Mini 5. We talked about that uh, in detail, kind of, of what we could see from an iPad Mini um, in my videos what to expect. You can check that out on my YouTube channel at, at youtube.com slash Tong. That's not a plug. It's this, We're all connected here. So two new iPad Pro models, 10.2-inch iPad, which would be a new entry-level iPad, and then the iPad Mini 5, which basically is the same, uh, same parts as an iPad Mini 4 with a speed bump. Not exciting. AirPods, everyone's expecting to obviously see the new AirPods and their predecessors to ship in the first half of 2019. Ming-Chi Kuo says that the Air Power Pad will also 
be coming along that with that alongside a new iPod Touch with a faster processor expected to be part of that bunch. Uh, pricing will still be the same. And then a report followed up that in 2019, Apple will most likely be coming out with not only white AirPods, but black AirPods. All black everything. They also have a special matte coating that will enhance the grip on it. All black matte AirPods. That's That sounds pretty sick. But that's not something that just makes you go, ding! We do have the wireless charging case, so what will be the easy combo, the logical thing? Hey, drop your AirPods on your iPhone to charge them, which has sounded amazing. And then Samsung already did it. It's coming out on March 8th. Their Samsung Buds will charge... The AirPods will most likely... Uh, actually, no, I, I think AirPods actually use a different uh, charging standard, if I recall right. Okay, so I should take that back. Maybe they don't. No, I think they do. They kind of they kind of tweaked uh, how, how they charge. So whatever this new revert, this wireless charging case for the AirPods is, um, I, I wonder if it'll end up working with uh, Samsung's new phone. And then in two... So before I jump ahead, I almost jumped ahead. I mean... That is the lineup based on Ming-Chi Kuo and what Ming-Chi Kuo is telling us for 2019. And I've got to say, it's if really the only keynote that is going to be able to top what Samsung did this year, in my opinion, is if Apple at WWDC just rocks us with an amazing new MacBook Pro, an amazing new iMac, an amazing new Mac Pro, and an amazing display. And the sad thing about that is that those aren't like the top sellers per se. I mean, the MacBook Pro and iMacs are do really well. Everyone really wants to see and have the best phone possible. But that's the only, you know, because Samsung just killed it with the phone. Look, an iPhone with cool new software is cool, but everyone, you know, there's this thing in our brains that say, hey, we want we want new hardware features. We want new things to do we want it to look new we want it to feel new hardware typically does that now i think the ipad pro has a chance to be special in 2019 just because every two years they bring new software features to the ipad but i'll wait and see but it really comes down to the only keynote i could be wrong you guys and gals always can tell me but i really think the only keynote that can top what samsung did today this year is Apple's Mac lineup from a standpoint of let's let's do something different. But I mean, in, in reality, can you really top a foldable phone? No. Even if some people are poo-pooing and saying, that is too thick, what's going to happen? Is going to be a seam in there? That product alone is moving us forward. When they put you know, their foot, they, they drew that line, they put down their, their flag, they planted that flag on the ground saying, we're here. It's like, we're on the moon for technology, and we are doing this first. I believe it's Xiaomi. I think it was Xiaomi or Huawei. I think it was Xiaomi that had the concept of the foldable phone that kind of folded on two sides. But that was just a concept. It looked like there was some, uh, you know, post post rendering of screen images on it later. But Samsung has the first foldable phone. I don't know what Apple is going to do next, but whatever it is, if they do a foldable phone. It's not coming out in the next year or year and a half. So 
that's a big deal when you put a product out like that. I really do. We don't even know where this whole foldable world is going to go, but I celebrate the fact that they put out a product and that is what innovation is all about. And that is why we love innovation. And that is why people like us are frustrated because we want to see Apple doing more great things. Maybe Apple does come out with the first uh, augmented reality glasses that are actually good. Uh, We'll find out. They're definitely not doing a car. Definitely. And they're not doing a foldable phone anytime soon. So 2019, really an interesting year to me to see how Apple responds to what what everyone is doing. And the other thing that I need to, and I'm not trying to, again, dig in them. Look, Samsung, the Galaxy S10, their 10th anniversary phone. I told you that they were going to go strong at this keynote, and they did. Apple's 10th anniversary phone. People were like, that's cool. It's nice. It it has a notch, and it's an all-touchscreen phone. So their 10th anniversary phone was basically a phone with Face ID. Samsung's 10th anniversary phone is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. All right, and some quick house cleaning. Uh, we do know that, I remember if you told you about how the MacBook Pro, mine specifically had this crazy sound popping issue. I played it on the show that would blow out the speakers for a while. It now looks like Adobe has released an update for Adobe Premiere Pro that will fix that issue, preventing people from having blown out MacBook Pro speakers. I had gone directly to Apple and they were like, oh no, it's not a, you know, we're working on it. It's not a problem, but maybe it really was from Adobe side, but they have issued a fix. Maybe it's a fix from both sides, but Apple said that they fixed it. Even though people are still experiencing it, I was still experiencing it. Now Adobe says that they have fixed it themselves. So just think about today's show. I'm not, is it depressing to me? I don't know. I was, I was so much more excited about Samsung than I was for Apple this week. But sometimes that happens. That's just real talk. All right, let's get to our calls. Again, 833-888-ABXL. That's 833-888-2295. I would love for you all to call in for next week. I wish I was, you know, had some calls for this show so it'd be just topical. But let's just call in. I really want to hear what you have to say. Because I think that at this is one of the biggest points of time that I have felt that Apple is really behind. Real like before, yeah, they're not innovating. Oh, they still got it. And they still do got it, but really what oh today just does this week does not feel like a good week when we're talking about the arms race of technology. And Tim Cook, I'm looking to you, man. You've got to do something about this or find people that can do something about this. All right, let's get to our calls. We're gonna take a little shift in direction we've got a call about home theater stuff hey brian got a quick question for you we're building a house we have wired for our surround sound for our tv wanted to get your take on what are some of the best speakers for the best price uh best quality and also what do you think about this apple making a projector with itunes built in is that something that would take, or is it just not that big of a deal to plug your phone into it or your Apple TV? Anyway, thanks for the show. Love it. Later. All right, so let's try and tackle this in two ways. Let's first talk about the Apple projector. So, yeah, sure, Apple could make something like that. I don't. It's not a big seller, and quite honestly, when I've been a CES, 
There's plenty of other companies that make way better products. If Apple were to try to enter this uh, market, there's these really cool things, and they're really expensive right now, called short throw projectors that basically are a large rectangle. You can put it like, you know, within two or three feet away from a wall. But because of the angle of the projector and its clarity, it it literally is super close to your wall, but you can get up to, you know, like a 70-inch, 80-inch image that looks pristine. You'll, you'll have to put some sort of kind of a, a wall coating or a screen that you pull down, but it looks really good. It's never going to be as good as a OLED TV, but it is as good as it can get. Those those short throw projectors, Sony makes an amazing one. I think they cost around, if I recall right, 4000 or 5000 bucks. I don't think Apple should get into the projector game. I don't think they need to, and I don't think it brings enough value add for us as a consumer. Like, how will it really make a difference with our ecosystem? Apple's really all about now putting AirPlay on other manufacturers' TVs so we can just throw content from our phone and from our laptop and from our iPad to those TVs. So it's kind of, I don't really think that's a priority for them. And I actually, just personally, I don't think we need one from them or, and I don't really want one from them specifically. Uh, as regards to your building a home theater, I think it depends on what you're looking for. There, You could go in so many different directions. There's a lot of amazing soundbars out there. Me specifically, I'm kind of like an audio geek-ish from a standpoint of I, I invested in a big system over years of time. I think some of the more budget-friendly speakers, like if you want tall tower front-facing speakers, Onkyo is a pretty good job. But most of my speakers are Klipsch speakers, which are pretty dang sassy. Uh, they also aren't cheap, but I would always wait for Black Friday or crazy sales where I could get them like 40 to 50% off. And even at that, they're still expensive. But Klipsch is one of my favorites. And I do have a Dolby Atmos system in my apartment, which really gives you those ceiling firing speakers. So just looking at that, I, I don't have any other brands other than that because that's just kind of how I built it. I built it over years and I just didn't do like a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, because it was just way too expensive for that. So thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Let's check out our next one. This is coming to us from Paul. He wants to talk about some battery stuff. Hey, BT. This is Paul from the LBC. I've been listening to you since the Buzz Out Loud days. Thanks for uh, giving me a heads up about the connectivity issue with the iPhone X screen. Uh, I got to replace for free, though. So I was really happy about that. My question is, is I don't want to buy a new iPhone, and but my battery life on my iPhone 10 is getting less and less as we speak. And I want the, what would be the best way to get it replaced and the best and cheapest way to get it replaced? Hey, thanks a lot. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks for calling, Paul. So there's a few ways you can go about doing this. Now, I do believe you still can do this. Uh, if you have a phone that's out of warranty and you want uh, the battery to be replaced, and it does apply to the iPhone 10 and 10s and things of like of that nature. You, I do believe you can still go to an Apple store, and it costs sixty nine dollars for that battery replacement. Now, remember, for a while, they were doing that battery replacement for ba- for phones with poor batteries for twenty nine dollars. But from what I saw online on their site, sixty nine dollars for an out of warranty replacement. The other options go to a third party authorized uh, repair center that can do it for you. Typically, they're selling actually cheaper parts but then it may not be as reliable i overall a lot of these places they do a fine job um some people even buy the part themselves and then do the installation themselves uh, there's a website called iFixit that shows you tutorials of how you can do it i'm gonna just say no on that because i don't have the time and if i screw it up i just don't want to deal with it 
So those are the three options that I know off the top of my head. I don't know if people have any others, um, but that that's all I really know. So hopefully that helps, but I'm glad I got you taken care of with the screen uh, delay issue, specifically, right, with the 10. That was a huge deal. All right, and our last call comes to us from Carson. Brian, it's Carson from Memphis. Thanks for taking my call. Um, just one thing that I thought you could talk about on the show is the March event. This might be something you already are going to bring up, but what do you expect to see at this March event? Is it just the new HomePod? I mean, HomePod. Uh, that would be cool. <laughs> a new HomePod already, but I, uh, AirPod case that's wireless for wireless charging. Um, what else? Maybe like an iPhone SE 2 redo, iPad mini 4. I don't know. These are just some ideas. I doubt they do any of that. Would it be crazy if they just dropped that new Mac Pro? But um, just some things to talk about. Really love the show. Thank you, Brian. Bye. All right. Thanks so much for calling, Carson. Appreciate it. Appreciate everyone that continues to call in. Like I said, I really want to hear all of you call in specifically about I almost the state of Apple. 833-888-ABXL. That's 833-888-2295. Now, Carson, isn't it kind of if well, now that we you've probably listened to the show and we've heard everything that happened, even just the ideas of what you were saying, maybe they could release this on that at the March event. It made me sad. I'm like, oh my gosh, none of those come even close to what we saw from from Samsung. But the really the priority is they're probably just going to keep it to services, which will make the difference feels even bigger. Now we know that Apple will have WWDC. We know that Apple will have their September event. Sometimes they even do an October November event. So the reality is in the calendar year, they're stacked later towards the end, but sometimes perception is reality. And during this entire six, seven month period, knowing that Apple still has to show us their upgrade for the year, Samsung's going to look real good, real good. It just comes down to software, like how good is the Samsung One UI, which still feels, it's not my personal choice. It's not bad. And look, there's plenty of Android users, some of you who are listening, that are like, it's not even that bad. It's fine. And honestly, it is fine. I just want pure stock Android on a Samsung Galaxy S10, and I would buy that phone right now. I would. And I would use it. And I would still have my iPhone uh, as, as my phone, my other phone too. <laughs> the ecosystem is so strong, guys. The ecosystem is real, but it just becomes more and more depressing that like, damn, I'm stuck in this ecosystem. Dang. It should be better than this, Apple. We we shouldn't even be in this spot where we feel that way. That's what I think. All right. That's going to do it for this week's show. We have to say thank you so much to our Platinum Apple Patreon supporters. You can support me at patreon.com starting at $2 a month. Platinum level is $100. Thank you so much to Brandon Ledford, Terrence McKelvey from Stratos Wealth Partners, Gil Cabrera, Andy Halverson, Wesley Frater, Jarrett Lewis, and Calvin Fatikar. Thank you so much for all of your support. And everyone that is listening, leave a review. We just broke 700 freaking five-star reviews. Oh, my God. That is so amazing. We have so many of you that listen to the show constantly. That's why I encourage you to call because I know I see the numbers. There's so many more of you call listening than are actually calling, and I love it when it can be this kind of back-and-forth conversation with each other. So thanks so much for listening to the Apple Bits XL. We'll talk to you next week. Take care. Be safe. Peace. Peace.